Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We come to you with Calvary greetings and the living word of God. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Spirit of living God is bestowed upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good tidings. God has sent me to Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the grace we have in you as our help always. Thank you for making us relevant in your kingdom to serve as your hand, as your legs, as your eyes, as your mouth to be able to contest for the faith. Thank you for using us always to propagate and defend the faith towards your kingdom. Father, wherever we have failed you, please arise today and strengthen us, Lord. Not just for our own salvation alone, but for all believers whose salvations have been threatened by backsliding and evil teachings. Let the body of Christ all over the world receive the power to be able to contend for the faith even to the end. Let your word today heal let it deliver, let it set free, and let all of us have an unforgettable encounter with you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. The topic of our message is contending for the faith. Contending for the faith. Our little text is taken from the book of Jude, chapter 1. We read verses 3 and 4. Jude 1, 3 and 4. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation? Ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, fight the war. Contend the cause and do the battle. 
when apostasy or backsliding arises, when false teachers emerge, when the truth of God is attacked, then it is time to fight for the faith. Then the question is, who can fight? Who can fight? Brethren, only believers who are spiritually fit or in shape can answer the summons. A wounded or a sick man doesn't go to the world. If he does, he could become an adversary. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 13, the Bible says, Then David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of a Malachite. And my master left me behind, because three days ago I fell sick. The sick man was the one who helped David's army to locate his throne. A sick man is a liability to himself and the society. I pray by the power that is the blood of Jesus Christ, that all those who are sick, physically or spiritually, will be healed today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Mark chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I pray that the coming of Christ will not be in vain in our lives, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As many that are sick physically or spiritually, I pray that you receive your healing once again, Today, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what is the danger ahead? What is the danger ahead? At the beginning of his letter, Jude, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, focused on the believer's common salvation. But he then felt compelled to challenge them to contend for the faith. The danger is real. False teachers have crept into the church, turning God's grace into a banned license to do as they please. The world has entered and taken over the church. The church has succumbed to the world. This is not new, though. Jew reminds such men of God's past dealings with unbelieving Israel with disobedient angels and the wicked Sodom and Gomorrah. In the face of such danger, Christians should not be caught off guard. The challenge is great, but so is our God is able to keep them from stumbling. Our God is greater than our challenges and is able to keep us standing and overcome the battle. And we will overcome in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, what are our strategies and our weapons for the fight? What are our strategies and our weapons for the fight? Brethren, 
Fighting is the best strategy for peace. Brave men rejoice in adversity, just as brave soldiers triumph in war. America without her soldiers will be like God without his angels. No man is a man until he has been a soldier. Freedom is never free, never. We must, however, fight a good fight. We must fight an intelligent fight. Fighting with best strategies and weapons is best fighting. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, Apostle Paul wrote that, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, what are these weapons? What are our weapons? Again, Apostle Paul summarized this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 18, saying, Stand therefore, having gathered your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having showed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fairy darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Be watchful to the end, and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, this can be summarized as follows. Number one, a waste guard of truth. A waste guard of truth. That's our first weapon. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19 says, The truthful lips shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Brethren, where is the place of truth today in our churches? Where is the place of truth in our fellowship? Where is the place of truth in our Christian life? Is this truly potent weapon within the Christendom? Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34 says, Righteousness exhausts the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Is the church not swimming in sin? Can we say we are sinless? Is this instrument of war, instrument of fight still potent in the hand of Christians? Number three, gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 says, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring good tidings and good things. Are we still men and women of peace in the church? There should be no rejection, but sanctification. There should be genuine love and encouragement to new converts. There should be good follow-up. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see God. Do we want to see God on the last day? Let us start pursuing peace with all men. Number four, the shield of peace. Can we as Christians be boast of peace in our dealings, especially in the society, in our business? What are we known for? Peace or violence? Number five, helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. Are we confident of our own salvation? Not to talk of using our position to offer others. We can simply not give what we don't have to others. Our heads are not safe if we don't have salvation. I pray that we will not labor in vain in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Number six, the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How sharp and strong is the word of God that we have? Can we actually use an unsharpened or weak sword to fight a battle? That would not be a potent warfare tool. I pray that the word of God will not fail us in the mighty name of Jesus. And we need to prepare ourselves. We need to soak ourselves and drink and eat and swim in the word of God. Number seven, prayers and supplications in spirit. Prayers and supplications in spirit. Do we possess the right spirit that aligns with the Holy Spirit to repossess the word for Christ? How long and where can we pray? A prayerless Christian, remember, is a powerless Christian. May God renew our power in prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Number eight, being watchful to the end. Being watchful to the end. Mark chapter 13, verse 33 says, Take heed, watch and pray. For you do not know when the time is. Brethren, are we still praying? Are we watching? Have we even expected the second coming of Christ? How many have we prepared down, including ourselves? Number nine, perseverance and supplications of saints. Matthew chapter 24, verses 13 and 14 says, But he who endures to the end, shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come 
The other reward is the crown of glory. Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, had a good testimony that had fought a good fight, have finished the race, have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid out for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me alone, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I pray that this will be our testimony in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you fighting for Christ or for money or for position? In summary, the world is expecting the manifestation of your role as the light to the world, for instance. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. What difference are you making as a Christian? Are you Christ-like? Where have you taken your lights to? To your family? To your town? To your state? One day, you will be asked. You will give account of what you have done as a light to the world. Number two. As a sword to the world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trapped under feet by men. When are you going to start manifesting as a salt? A little of it changes the taste of the soup. Just as a little contribution from you changes the narratives of the world. You can do it for Christ. Say no to unbiblical things, even if you are the lone voice. Salt is like no other seasonings, very unique. God needs you to change the world around you. We have taken complacency in singing same old songs and hymns of the 13th century. We are deep in sin and compromise in every area. The world has crept into the church, and the church has adopted the world. We can do a turnaround from today. The Spirit of God should come alive again today. God will forgive us the mistakes of the past. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31 says, Truly, the time of ignorance God overlooked and now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Let's start talking to God. The Father have mercy on me. Forgive my past mistakes. 
Forgive my past sins and backsliding. Lord, restore me fully today to serve you. I must not return to my old ways after today. No, we must contend for the faith. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 11 says, As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. We will not behave like a dog. We are children of the Most High. From today, sin becomes an abomination to me. Thank you, my Lord and God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. We want to appreciate you for your patience and interest in listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed. Please help share with others. You can also listen to this message and many previous ones on podcast streaming good named Voice of Trinity. God bless you richly. Amen. And the day of vengeance of judgment to comfort all those who mourn to console all Father, we exalt your name. There is no one like you. Father, accept our thanksgiving in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this message from the throne of grace. You have placed a mirror before us, Lord. Only a fool will not clean any dirt found on his face. The grace will make amendments, Father, grant us. Grant us the grace to secure our own salvation. The power to also contend for the faith. For others, Father, grants us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let all backsliders find their way back home. In your kingdom, Lord, make us victorious. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.